The Ohima Health and Wellness Podcast is a place created for people to share their experiences and lives that can include triggering and sensitive topics, such as different types of abuse, such as racism, sexism, substance abuse, classism, etc. The content in the podcast and on our webpage are not intended to constitute or be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your therapist or other qualified mental health professionals with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard on the podcast or on our website. We aim to create a safe and brave space that prides itself in the inclusivity of Black, Indigenous women of color. Thank you for your time and continued participation and support. Now let's get into the show. guest for today's episode is Tina Nguyen. Tina is a communication and outreach manager for an, an educational non-for-profit uh, institution. She received her Bachelor's of Arts um, in Human Biology and Society from UCLA. Welcome, Tina, and thank you for joining us today. Yay! <laughs> how are you? Good. Do you want to tell them how we know each other, too? Ken? Yeah, we can. So I've known Tina, hey, Jesus, it's been a long time now. Uh, Almost seven, eight years since Aww. 2014, we did um, City Year together. Um, uh, and it's an AmeriCorps program for those of you who don't know. And so we were out here wearing uniforms. Tina was on a different team though, but we got really, really close in that year. It was it was <laughs> an interesting year, but. Um... <laughs> yeah, we were working at different schools, but doing yes. very similar oh, things, wow. except Kat was yeah. full on teaching um, yeah. a whole classroom. So Aww. a little bit different. And I was at an elementary school and she yeah. was teaching high schoolers. So I would say very intimidating. But my wow. kids that were in city year are yeah, now Yeah, my kids school. are in college. Oh, I actually, yeah. it was, one of them popped up in one of my, uh, counseling sessions the other day because like for there's like different career fairs that different UCs do and so she purposely picked me and then popped up and I was like wait what so it's, I know oh, that's so cute well this is a great time you're in a good position to. Help I know and I mean you know? even after we did city or a lot of the kids ended up going to institutions that I've worked for and I've seen them so it's been kind of it's been it's it's been a lot of full little full circle moments too but yeah, but your kids, yeah, you, they would be in high school now. Oh gosh. Yeah. I think it was a great program that introduced me to a lot of people. Yes, that I'm still so, yes friends definitely. With today. We have our like city year group. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And that's how you met your husband. Yeah. That's how I met my husband. So Tina, Tina saw the, uh, <laughs> the origination of everything literally for the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I really don't think yeah. this is going to work out. But here we are. Today. That is so funny. <laughs> That's really cute. Uh, yeah, I was not expecting that to happen either. But yeah, so I've known Tina for a very, very long time. She's a really good friend. Um, she's like my sister. You know what I'm saying? You know, we've done a lot of things together. 
Not to mention Kat is a great party Aww. planner and she's been so great because <laughs> I got engaged yes. two years ago because of the pandemic and she planned an engagement Vanessa, party for me Vanessa. and she's helping plan the va- bachelorette with, with a lot yeah. of friends help, but it was definitely a lot of love yeah. from Kat. I'm glad That's we did amazing. it too. Uh, then 2020 happened. So at least we got to celebrate right when it happened too. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But yeah. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I think, um, and I know this is going to be such a great conversation. We're excited about it. Um, and yeah, so that's how I know Tina. Yay. And then Mitra's meeting Tina for the first time. Yay. <laughs> yes, it is. And we all went to UCLA. Time. Yeah, we right. were all there at this <laughs> but, but didn't know. <laughs> no, we didn't know. And I think we had one mutual friend, but the mutual friend that Tina and I had was from oh. my childhood. Like our moms were teachers together, oh. but, um, mm-hmm. but that was it. So it's, it's a small world. And they were, and they were also, also at UCLA? UCLA too. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. It's a childhood friend that I haven't seen in a while since UCLA, but so, yeah, Aww. but that's basically it. <laughs> well, we're super, we're excited to have you here, Tina. And So I guess the first question we want to ask is what does your health and wellness journey look like currently? And that's a great question that I think Kat brought up last year when she was starting this group and was trying to get us to answer this question. And it made me kind of reflect on my own journey. And during the quarantine, during COVID, I think it's come up a lot, but even before then health and wellness just looked like anything you would see kind of on TV, making sure that your body is healthy, making sure that you eat right and making sure that you exercise, right? Like the doctor always tells you an apple a day myth, but an apple a day, make sure you get 30 minutes of exercise. And that's like the bare minimum. But I think lately over the last couple of years, I started thinking about what activities were really what activities I really wanted to participate in that were really fun, but also contributed to my health and wellness journey. And so a lot of that looked like yoga and climbing. I know when I was younger, I also really loved swimming and playing tennis. And so that's something that I really want to pick up again without taking on too many sports, but I kind of focus on that. And then I think we're going to talk a lot about it today, but I also went vegan last year during the pandemic. And that was something that I wanted to do for quite a long time and just felt like I didn't have any control over it. And it was Mm -hmm. such an an excuse at the time to Mm -hmm. not fully commit to it. And so I would dabble in it here and there. But once I finally committed to it, I found such a difference in my health, and then how my body felt, and then just how I connected to my food and how I connected to cooking in general, like making food for my body. So that's something that I'm currently on in terms of my health and wellness journey. Yeah, I love that. I actually am really excited to hear more about that, about your journey with veganism and just what you like to cook and how that whole journey even looked like. And you said you dabbled a little bit, which I feel like I've done that a lot too. And recently I was trying to be more committed to veganism, but so I'm like, really like, okay, I'm so excited to hear what advice you have. Cause I'm going to be like taking notes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can talk about advice right now too. Okay. So one of the reasons I went vegan was because of the environment. So I was 
trying to commit to like a low waste journey and trying to cut out plastic in a lot of my food consumption, a lot of of the things I buy. So in Sacramento, there was a refillery called Refill Madness that I used to go to a lot to refill a lot of my goods. But I was also just like many people afflicted with consumerism. And so I still, even with that mindset, was still consuming a lot and still had a lot of trash and waste. And during the pandemic, all you have is time. And I just watched so many documentaries and I started with A Plastic Ocean. And that one really helped me see like our oceans and how it's being polluted. But then it got me into thinking about the animals or in this case, the the seafood that we eat from the ocean um, being impacted by that. And from there, a few friends recommended a few more documentaries for me to watch. And again, all I had was time. So I just watched so many documentaries and listened to a lot of podcasts that there was only one conclusion to come to at the end of it. And I was also with my partner, he was watching kind of here and there with me. And we both came to the same conclusion that we, we should go vegan. And a lot of it has to do with the environment. And then the documentaries that I watched, it had to do with your health Mm. and also just animal welfare, like just caring for these animals that we don't ever think about when we think about the food that we're putting on our plates. And so that's a big, a big reason I went vegan last year. And a lot of people, when I talk to, um, a lot of people, when I talk about it now, they're so surprised that I just like full on switched. Kat was there during that journey because she was also trying mm-hmm. to eat really healthy. And she had um, a lot of recommended <laughs> recommendations for like vegan oh, cookbooks right. yeah. and stuff like that. So I was talking to her about it. And I don't know, it was I was already cooking so much because of the quarantine that it just mm. made sense to start cooking vegan. So like a lot of people, we stocked up on a bunch of food. Uh, when shelter in place happened. And so I still had a good amount of meat that I had to cook. And then our goal was that we cook all that meat that we bought uh, that was in the freezer. And then from there, we just don't Mm. buy anymore. And so that was kind of what we did. We just didn't buy Mm. any meat. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because it's kind of like, especially in American society, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's like centered around this like meat Mm. protein source, like a chicken Mm -hmm. and some veggies is kind of like everyone's go-to healthy food. And so I think that's where a lot of people are struggling is like, what do I replace chicken with? Mm -hmm. Whereas I never thought of it that way. I was like, what am I going to cook today? And start there. So like if I wanted to make And I would start from a recipe, like a food blog, right? And so I wasn't trying to replace chicken. I was just trying to make a really good dinner recipe that happened to be vegan and that happened to not have meat. So I think that's where a lot of people struggle is because they're so used to trying to pick a protein and then do a few veggies with it versus like pick something that they really like to eat. And maybe you can veganize that too. Mm. So Um, I'm Vietnamese and I love Vietnamese food so much. And I missed my parents cooking, especially 
during the quarantine. So I made a lot of food that just reminded me of home and just tried to veganize it in different ways, either Mm. just looking at a recipe and kind of subbing the meat in this case, or looking at a vegan food blog. So like the Vit Vegan is someone that I looked at because Vietnamese vegan, like it's right in the Mm. title. Was there any like difficulty though from that switch? Or was it just like, you know what, this is a decision that I'm making and boom, I'm going to just do it. Yeah, I don't think for me personally, it it just wasn't that difficult mm. because I was already making the food and it was difficult in the sense of doing research. Like I had to start thinking about um, health concerns, like a lot of people talk about what you're missing out on. So for vegans, that's usually B12 and that get you get B12 from uh, the animals mm. that you eat because they right. eat the grass and the dirt and the bacteria that kind of comes with that. Um, so that's one thing I was missing. So that I supplement, I do, I take one supplement that is meant for vegan. So it kind of encapsulates everything I need. And the next one is like fish is a really good source of omega-3 fatty acids, but so are a lot of plant-based substitutions. One of them is like flax seeds. There's a lot of different veggies that have that as well. And then everyone's number one thing is like protein. And I've learned so much about different plant-based protein sources that I never knew before because I never really ate mm. beans and I never really ate lentils. Um, and I started eating more Indian food because their cuisine is based on yeah. a lot of legumes and I love Indian food. So I was like, oh, this and is like perfect. Like I'll just, yeah, I'll just keep cooking Indian food, Ethiopian Ooh. food. Like there's mm-hmm. so many vegetarian plant-based um mm-hmm. cuisines because it's part of their culture mm-hmm. that's so just I'm getting so hungry <laughs> now. <laughs> I love that yeah I love how, how you brought up the cultural dishes because um I'm half Persian and actually one of my friends made me a vegan Persian dish once and it was so good and I was like oh my gosh I didn't even think like I can still have a lot of the dishes I really love, but just without yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And like my cultural dishes, you know. I also love mushrooms. They are such a great um, meat replacement in, in terms of like that umami flavor. And if you really want like a protein dish, not that I actually don't know how much protein mushrooms have, but like they just taste so meaty Mm. when I cook them. And so they're like the perfect thing. Like I made myself an omelet today with some shiitake mushrooms and some like veggies on the side. Oh, that sounds so good. Do you use jackfruit in any of your recipes? I have tried jackfruit to make like barbecue pork. What is it? Barbecue, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Pulled pork. Pulled pork. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I've tried mm-hmm. to make pulled pork using jackfruit, and that was really good. It's just that I don't do it often because it's mm. kind of time intensive for me, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering. I've never cooked with it, but I know that folks use it a lot as like a meat replacement. So yeah, I was curious. Ooh. Yeah, jackfruit. yeah. What's jackfruit? The the jackfruit that um people make like pulled pork Mm -hmm. out of and stuff like that. It's like canned young jackfruit. And so you like take off all the moisture out of it. Um, You rinse it off, take out the moisture, season it. And when you start to cook it, you just start to peel it apart and it becomes really Mm -hmm. stringy. So it starts to look a little bit like pulled pork. Maybe we'll try that once, you know, 
Then settle down a little bit. <laughs> but definitely, ooh, that sounds really good. I actually love pulled pork. So anything that's a replacement, I actually am working with my auntie who's a dietitian right now. Um, and she's helping me with some of my blood levels and things like that. And she wants me to go vegan for five days in like two weeks. And I've been just thinking about how to incorporate all the things that I know about veganism, but then also like making new foods. Like if I want pulled pork, rather than, you know, going to get meat, you can just use jackfruit and, and just, you know, make it that way. Yeah. I think one suggestion that a lot of, um, vegan like podcasters have is just go for the substitution. If that's what gets you to eat vegan on a certain day, like just go out to the store and buy something that substitutes it. And at least it makes you happy and it's not too time intensive. Right. So if you have the time, yeah, definitely make jackfruit pulled pork and if you don't and you have the resources then go out to the grocery store and find you some already pre-made jackfruit (laughs) pulled pork because it exists I do have a question about even just like the resources and even becoming a vegan like was it a lot on you financially Mm. emotional like how was that journey like because I know sometimes when people think oh we're gonna go vegan it's so expensive I have to get this like particular like if you go to Whole Foods or um Oh, what's that place? Nugget. They have like the food, like the fruits and vegetables that are um, not that don't have pesticides on it. I can't even think straight right now, but you know what I mean? They, they have those sections. Did you say nugget? Yeah, nugget. What's nugget? They have nugget in LA, don't they? No, it's like a Whole Foods. It's a bougie, it's like a whole, bougie foods. whole Foods. Yeah. Like Whole Foods is already like, bougie, like but to, nugget is like it's another layer. So, you know bougie. what? Though? I don't think it's in, I mean, I've never seen it in LA. I don't know if it's in SoCal, Cat. I know for sure it's in Sacramento. Maybe it's not. Slash Maybe it's not. I and I'm know. just an idiot. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Yeah, because yeah, because up north there's not, there's like things that like there's Ralph's back home in SoCal, but they don't have Ralph's here. There's like sprouts. Okay, we have sprouts and... back. Yeah, we have sprouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I would say what sprouts, is that? <laughs> sprouts is a pretty like affordable yes. Yes. place to go. Like it's not cheap, right? It's mm-hmm. not like Walmart cheap, but it's like more affordable than Whole Foods for sure. And it also has so many things in bulk, which I love. So I get a lot of things in bulk. And so for answering your question now I can tell you how to do it cheaper I think when I first started I did spend a lot of money because I was just like trying to buy different things to see what I liked Mm. and see what I could make and if I was basing like my shopping list off of a recipe Mm. that gets more expensive because I have to buy specific things um but eventually I got a lot of things that I needed like things that will last me a long time are spices Mm. and then things that I really liked, I just kept buying. I also learned to like buy dried beans. So those are really cheap versus like canned beans, which is already pretty cheap too, but like dried beans and then you cook it yourself. Those are really cheap. Lentils are so cheap too. Mm. And then in terms of just like a lot of different things that I incorporated into my diet, just being on a health and wellness journey and being looking into more things. I, I also started, um, seed cycling, buying different seeds and eating it to correlate with Mm. my period as well. So like I'll right now I'm eating pumpkin Mm. seeds and, um, flax seeds. And I always eat hemp seeds. I throw it into Mm. my smoothies. 
while I'm on my period. And when I'm not, I eat like sesame seeds and sunflower seeds. So like those little things can add up if you choose to like incorporate it into your diet. You don't need to, if you're trying to go vegan, but this is just something I learned and I picked up as I was researching more things that I could put into my body that were healthy for me. Okay, are we ready? What up, fam? Hey, Ohimas. We're interrupting normally. Oh, fuck. Hey, y'all. We're going to start a Patreon. Is that how you say it? Patreon? <laughs> you want shirts? You want, you want. <laughs> Why can't we fucking do this? Hey, Ohimas. We're interrupting your normally scheduled podcast to bring you a special announcement. Hey, we've got our very own Patreon page now where we'll be posting exclusive content. Yes, yes. So it will be uh, $5 a month um, if you join our Patreon. We're going to be answering the spicier questions that we can't have on the podcast. And uh, there's going to be a special episode involving a couple's game hosted by our very own Ohima team and just a little teaser Kat and I are gonna be guests <laughs> yes with our partners so with my husband <laughs> and my partner yes uh, yes um we'll also include episodes uh in the episodes we'll include bloopers compilations different things of that nature photos behind the scenes stuff um, possibly Ahima team events. And we will probably be putting out a poll so we can figure out what kind of merch y'all want. Do you want some mugs with our faces on them? Do you want some shirts? Do you want some stickers? I mean, what you want? <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell us, or, or mugs with quotes on them, like quotes from the podcast, quotes from you know our guests, or quotes from us, me and Mitra. We gonna have some playlists so you can see what we be listening to or what our guests are listening to. We're gonna put some recipes, some exclusive wellness tips and tricks from our guests and hosts. Yes, um, and then we mostly want just some feedback from you, our listeners. Um, about our Patreon um, and what you would all want to see um, and your contribution to this. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to making this a very enjoyable experience for you all. Um, we hope to have all these different things, videos, pics, behind the scenes stuff, scrap up stuff, um, extended podcast bits. We'll probably do early access, um, sneak peeks to our videos. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, things of that nature. So just be on the lookout, but definitely join us um, on our Patreon. We also want y'all to know that it is not mandatory to subscribe to our Patreon. We, you listening is enough. You sharing or liking posts is enough and we really appreciate all of you this is definitely just if you want to you know hear some juicier things or you know <laughs> i don't know what else to say 
Yeah, so we're yeah, so we're basically looking forward to you all joining us on Patreon. Um, be on the lookout for all these different things coming up um, during season two and beyond. Thank you. And now back to the episode. Bye. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit more about that, the seed cycling? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about seed cycling, but it, it essentially um, helps regulate your hormones depending on okay. where you are. And so like for me and for a lot of women, they might be on birth control. So their period might mm. be irregular, but ideally you would be going with um, mm. your cycle. And mm. if you don't, at first I didn't go with my cycle because it was so irregular. So I was going with the moon. And so like from full moon to half moon, you kind of switch seeds. Um, But I can definitely provide more resources into why, why it could be beneficial. A lot of women find it to help regulate their hormones and their moods and just their overall health kind of with bloating too, when you get your period. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of girls will talk about like skincare, like their skin is a little bit better, especially teenagers when Mm. they have like a lot of pimples and acne, they find that seed cycling helps too. Wow. That's so interesting. It's it's pumpkin and flax seeds while you're on your period and then sunflower seeds and sesame seeds while you're not is mm. pretty much how I explain it. So 14 days, 14, 14, days, days. 14 days. Is it grounded flaxseed or do you, because we have grounded flaxseed, but, or is it that? Okay. It could be either or. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's so interesting. I definitely am intrigued. I want, I want to get more information on, I'm going to look it up yeah. later. <laughs> Maybe Tina, you can yeah. also send us some resources of folks that you know. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. feel like it. Yeah, if you yeah. feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have sure. the time, because I know yeah. you're hella busy right now. But yeah, if um, <laughs> yes, if you do, you can send it over to us. We can even post it, um, or even just for us, just to like read about. Um, so I guess the thing that I want to ask about, just not even being vegan, but just kind of like, I guess being vegan with your whole health and wellness journey, with everything that. Um, is going on, what advice would you give for folks who are either starting to become vegans um, or um, Mm -hmm. maybe are struggling with it? Um, And like, how, like, how is, like, how do you kind of go through the emotions of it too, as well? So one of the difficulties when I did go vegan was actually just people's perception of it for some reason. I didn't think this was going to be a pushback. But when I started to do this, I didn't really tell anyone except maybe my closest friends. And then I started telling more people and my parents and majority of people were like super supportive, but especially my parents and my family members, they were not so supportive because Mm. they just saw this lack of wellness, health and wellness in being vegetarian or vegan because they didn't think I was getting enough nutrients. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because everything I learned up to that point was for my health and wellness journey. It was healthier to go this route because of a lot of different things, but mainly the animals that we consume are raised in really poor environments. They barely get enough room to roam. They're pumped full of antibiotics. Like I think of that chicken breast and how Mm -hmm. big it is and how you have to get a chicken that's genetically modified to be that big and then pump them full of like different types of food to get them to be that big and then barely get to roam around too. And so it's just so interesting to me that that was the first perception people had. 
So Mm. in terms of advice, I would say, don't care what anyone thinks. That's the first thing (laughs) if they've run into that issue that I had. Um, But the next one is just do it. Like it's better to try one day a week than nothing at all. And it's better to try and fail than not try at all either. So that's my main advice to start really small and then work your way up to whatever feels right for you. So if you don't have time to cook every single day, find one recipe that you really like and then make it vegan or go out to a blog and find one recipe that looks pretty simple and make it. I really like minimalist baker. And when I told you I used to dabble in being vegan before this year, I was always intrigued by it for all these different reasons. I made the excuse that I didn't have the time or resources. It wasn't in my control. Like our environment is full of animals everywhere. Like how do I go vegan? Right. That's also something that a lot of people face, but the minimalist baker has like almost hundred percent of her recipes are vegan and sometimes mm. gluten-free too. And it, she makes it really simple, which I really like. So she breaks it down into very simple ingredients and steps. And she tries to make it. So maybe like 10 ingredients mm. or less or something like that. And a lot of people nowadays have instant pots. And so you can throw stuff in an instant pot and just like call it a day. And you might have a meal for like two or three days, depending on what you make. So start really small, find a recipe and just try. And I think I like the fact that you said you can try and then fail. I think people, when they start things like, and I know I've gone through this, you start it and then you kind of go, go, go. And then like, cause you don't want to fail. Then you just then you just stop completely. But I like the idea of it being almost like a journey, right? Like you're starting something, maybe start once a week, right? And then maybe build it to two times a week. And then maybe like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can do meal prep and do the meal prep before and then just kind of build off of that. So I think that was, I think that's also really important to, to note too, is that it's okay to try. And if you fail, that's okay, but just get back up and, and start again. Yeah. And I think when I first started this journey, I told myself I would do like 80, 20, like Mm. 80% of my meals would be vegan. And in reality, it ended up being more like 95, five or something like that. And like, I'm slowly getting to a hundred. I don't think I would ever reach a hundred because of various reasons. Like if I'm in a cafe, which I was recently in a cafe and all they had were like vegetarian items, right? So eggs Mm. and butter. So that's, fine. I will eat that because that's the only thing I have to eat. My parents have been more accepting recently because the first time I went home, I like ate all meat and just to make them really and not have a conversation again. Yeah. And then the next time I went home, I told my parents before I came like, Hey, cause they like to cook, right. That's how they show love. So I was like, Hey, I don't eat meat. Please don't cook me anything with meat. And so my dad begrudgingly did that. (laughs) He like made me uh, like vegan chow mein and stuff like that. He, he actually made a big pot of vegan chow mein that I ate for like four days straight. (laughs) (laughs) When I was here. Yeah. So I always make exceptions, right? There's always going to be a case where someone might leave like a plate of food left over. Immigrant children do not leave food behind. I will eat leftover food Uh, and that's totally fine in my book. Uh, Immigrant children do not. Yep. It's so true. Yeah. Even I went home 
a couple months ago. Um, and my mom packed up all this gummy and soup and stuff. And she's like, just put it in your freezer. You can eat it later. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah we don't we don't waste food yeah get time <laughs> no that's that's so funny I just recently saw a Persian friend of mine and we were talking about how our parents will give us so much food even when we like don't need it but we're like okay yeah thank you and then like he was like yeah my freezer's full of like bread and like gourmet sabzi which is like the stew mm. and um I was like yep same <laughs> <laughs> It's it's there. We'll eat it. It's just like all these parents making you like stew for your freezer, and they're like, "You can freeze it for a year." I'm like, "Huh?" (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we were my mom. Yeah, does the same thing to me too. Yeah. Yeah, we were recently talking about how like our parents will put like like we'll be thinking we're getting like yogurt, a bunch of yogurt or something, but it's actually like. (laughs) leftovers in the containers that they're recycling yeah we were talking about this with Kat and we were all like bonding over it it's an immigrant <laughs> child thing for real like I'll be going to the fridge one day and then all of a sudden it's like oh yogurt and it's actually yogurt rice Jesus and jumping up and down <laughs> but it's some, stew, some chicken I don't know yeah I was talking to my friend about this too, because I told you I wanted to go low waste mm. or zero waste, right? And that's such a trend nowadays. And it's something that all immigrant parents have been doing forever without realizing yeah. it. Like they'll reuse that's all so jars, true. they'll yeah. reuse everything until it's gone and dead. Like my parents didn't know they were doing this because they don't really, they still use a lot of plastic bags, right? They still do a lot of things that are bad for the environment, but at the same time, they did a lot of things that right. are good because right. it was necessary and they need yeah. to, to save things and save I, money I and stuff like that. Sorry. So um, does yeah. anybody's family use like the Ziploc bags? Do they wash them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's not just me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my mom, my mom <laughs> because wash the Ziploc bags and then like dry yeah. them. And I'm like, or oh like yeah plastic plates I think that's going too far plastic plates <laughs> that'll make us dry I mean yeah plastic plastic utensils like mm-hmm. I wash and dry and, and stuff like that and reuse yeah, it I'm not crazy yeah well my mom's gonna feel if she hears this she's yeah, gonna feel yeah, great because we used to make fun of her for it be like mom um this is a plastic it's about to tear. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> So I use um, a lot of reusable things. So I have a Ziploc bag that's reusable. And what that means is just, it's mm. more durable. Like mm. it's more durable so that when you do wash and dry it, it doesn't like break apart and disintegrate <laughs> right. over time. Yeah. <laughs> like it does with all these other things. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. Story of our lives. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love bonding over that kind of stuff though. I think it's cute. <laughs> It's things that you don't know is important to you until you like Mm -hmm. have this experience. Yeah. So actually I went to a meetup recently because I moved to Austin a year ago, but because of the pandemic, I didn't really try to get to know anyone. Right. Like a smile, you can't tell a smile behind a mask. And then it gets creepy when you want to get to someone. (laughs) Like, do you have COVID? (laughs) But I went to a meetup recently and it was Brown Girls Food Club. And so brown girls specifically right and it was so cool because I went and like I loved every single person there because of this like shared connection that's like 
unsaid and said Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like as folks were just talking about different experiences, it's like, yes, mine too. And we're not the same skin color. We're not the same ethnicity. We're not anything, but we have those things in common. Mm -hmm. I love that so so much. Yeah. That's exactly why I love bonding over things like this for all those reasons you just said. Yeah. You could be like from different cultures, different mm -hmm. skin colors, everything, but then your body. And it's always like food, I feel like, or something related to food. And I love that so much. Speaking of what is your favorite dish to cook? Mm, Such a hard one, but I think my go-to is always stir fry. It's easy. Mm. Throw some veggies in and then you can eat it with rice or you can eat it with noodles. I love making like chow mein or different noodles. I've also been really into making ramen Mm. recently too. And it's usually because Sorry, I, haven't eaten today. I, I love your I'm like, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. <me too. laughs> I follow this guy called um, Young Man Cooking. It's Y-E-U-N-G for young. Okay. And he has a YouTube channel and he makes like a lot of different noodle dishes, especially ramen. But I always have veggie broth because like I freeze. If you don't do this already, Mm. you should do this. So whenever you cut up certain vegetables and you Mm. have like undesirable undesirable parts of the vegetable that you could throw in the compost, but instead you could put in a bag and freeze it. So I always have like celery, onions, carrots. Those are really good ones to just put in a bag and freeze it. And then I make a vegetable broth. I've heard of that. Um, eventually whenever (laughs) that bag becomes full and so I love to make ramen because I always have like a veggie broth and like his recipe is always like you add uh, sesame sesame oil soy Mm. sauce and maybe some sesame paste and like mix that together and then some chili oil you mix that together you dump sorry (laughs) dump the veggie broth in it's okay I love chili oil too he also has this chili oil recipe that I make so I make my own chili oil that's amazing um yeah and it's really good you should try it where because I know chili oil is so different in different countries but what 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 is that's true yeah his is like Asian based like I would say more Chinese yeah I'd say more Chinese I love Chinese chili oil I grew up on that I really do (laughs) you put it on dumplings (laughs) Mm-hmm. Who's so good? Yeah, Key mm-hmm. loves Chinese like chili oil as well. Um, but it and it's such an mm. essential ingredient when you're making ramen. So that's like one basic recipe is adding that and then putting the putting the veggie broth in mm. and mixing that up and then throwing your noodles in and then put whatever toppings you want. Like it's it's whatever you like. So mushrooms, carrots, mm. bok choy, spinach, mm. anything you want. And it's like a delicious dish. And I think the secret to that is the sesame paste because I've never tried putting that in ramen before, but that's a game changer. So good. It's a game changer. That sounds so delicious. (laughs) I actually do have another question about food in terms of like picking what you like, what you don't like. So like, I'm not, I like certain vegetables, but like, I'm not a mushroom person. So how would you, like, what would you recommend someone if they substitute, like, let's say you're making a vegan dish but it has mushrooms in it, what could they substitute that with? Or like, how would you go about that process? Or did you learn to love those vegetables too? Cause like there's vegetables I'm like, I won't eat like because of texture. Yeah. That's a great question. I'm going to tell you, you need to try mushrooms again and cook it differently because mushrooms. Yeah, really? I love mushrooms. Okay, maybe I didn't. Yeah. My people just didn't cook it right. Like anything Westernized food, I'll be honest. I love my family and you know, 
the people that I, that raised me, the whole village, but um, mushrooms was just not, I don't think they cooked it well, or maybe I just never really liked it. I'll send you some recipes. Let's see. Let's see if okay. we can change your mind. But there's also so many different mushrooms you could use. Mm-hmm. Like it gets more expensive, so right? When you get oh. to different mushrooms and that's one of the like expensive items, but really cheap mushrooms are like your baby Bellas and you can totally make that really delicious. So I will send you okay. some recipes. But I actually feel like I learned to love a lot of veggies more Mm. once I went vegan. There was this one time I came back from the farmer's market and sometimes I'll ask them for like the leftover greens that are going bad or something like that. Or when you go to the farmer's market, they leave the carrot greens or Mm. the beet greens that you don't normally see in the grocery store. And I like was washing it and I ate like a beet green, which I didn't think I would like because it's like kind of an undesirable. You've never yeah. had it before. It's like the top of a beet. Mm. And it was so good. It like tasted mm. like a, a nice little salad. And I feel like my taste buds have changed because mm. I went vegan. And I like appreciate the taste of a lot of vegetables more mm. now. Mm. So yeah, I it think it does change. Substituting mushrooms. I'll get back okay. to you. Yeah, you just text me. Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say substitute with other vegetables that you do like. But I'm very if you don't like yeah. mushrooms, just add another cup of broccoli oh, or whatever it okay. is that you do like. Yeah. yeah, I don't really like yeah, mushrooms are pretty much the one vegetable I probably maybe I think I just haven't been cooking it right. Maybe I'm gonna send Chris it. these yeah. recipes and then he will cook. Are you it talking for about you? my husband? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> he does all the cooking. <laughs> Oh, oh, he yeah. does That's all of it, you know, because y'all know what's going on. But basically, yeah, it's on me now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. That's why you're like, I got to go cook for everyone. I was like, who's okay. everyone? You're like, <laughs> well, you know, uh, I was telling them earlier, Tina, that now we cook Rex's food in a crock pot. So like we it's like very healthy. We oh, do what? ground uh, brown rice. We do ground turkey. Um, there's a lot of, uh, veggies, like, so we have pea, this one, he has peas and sweet potato in it and he freaking loves it, but yeah, yeah of course he would. kibble is just not doing it. And so we do that and mix it with kibble, but it's like super healthy for him. And he's like, he's like, I think I even see a little bit of a difference in him. Like he's a lot happier, but maybe it's also because now he can go on walks, but, um, because <laughs> before he couldn't, but yeah, I can. Is it so? Did you start doing this because he was like, Yeah, that and uh, we just wanted him to be healthy, um, and a happy boy. Thank you. So, yeah, so even yesterday, that's what I was doing was cutting all all this stuff and then I put it in the crock pot and then I cook it for six hours on slow or on low, not low, but it's slow cooker for six hours, um, on low. And yeah, so I mean, the dogs need those nutrients, we obviously need those nutrients too yeah yeah so but yeah so he's doing good but yeah that's what we do so I don't know it's a dog thing we're all oh we're all moms of animals aren't we Mitra has (laughs) Frida I have Rex and yeah my I have a cat oh yeah yeah sorry Mitra has a cat yeah Frida's (laughs) Frida's not a a cat cat. Frida's a cat (laughs) and then Tina has a Raya so oh yay (laughs) so um just kind of to wrap things up thank you tina for joining us today this was really cool i i knew about your journey yeah. but 
I didn't, I knew like some, like I, I knew some of the difficulties that you'd mentioned too, um, but it's really good just to hear kind of women of color who are going vegan, right? Um, and really taking care of themselves in that aspect and kind of that journey was really, was really interesting to hear about. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me share. It's so great to be able to share this kind of information because people don't ask and people are a little bit scared to ask too, but I'm glad there's a lot more people who are willing to try it. And that's all I, all I could ever ask for. Oh, yay. Yeah. I feel like I learned so much too, like, especially the seed cycling thing, like that really was like stuck in my brain and I'm definitely gonna start doing that, I think. Um, so thank you. Oh, and where can, where can folks find you like on social media or do you have a blog, anything? I do not have a blog or anything. I would love to keep writing for a cat. Of <laughs> course. Oh, maybe you can write something new. But for my, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My Instagram is private. It's wishes of Tina, T-I-N-U-H. And so folks can follow me there. And then I also have an Instagram that is public so that I can tag people because I like to share like food, things that I make, and then tag the recipes that they come from. And so that one is lucky, T-E-A, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. So Lucky Tea Ventures. And it came about because my partner and I were traveling. And so I wanted to make a hashtag for us. So then eventually (laughs) I created an Instagram for us, but I didn't really post that much on it. But ever since I got my dog, I post more dog um, photos of her there so that the world can see my dog. (laughs) And then that translated into me like sharing more recipes on there too. Yay. Awesome. That's who doesn't love recipes and dog pics. I mean, I love seeing the stories. Too. <laughs> it's super cute. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, Tina, for everything. Oh, um, and yeah, if you can catch Tina on those places that where she mentioned, I mean, yeah, that's that's basically it. So thank you, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. I hope a lot of folks take something away from this. I think so too. I think it'll be great. Yeah, thank you. Yay.